You're listening to the Down the Pub podcast, Canada's premier football show. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. So, welcome to this uh, episode of the Down the Pub podcast. On this week's episode, we are joined by El Paso locomotive defender, Nilo. Welcome to the show, bud. Cheers. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it too. It's kind of, I always enjoy getting to talk to people from back home. It's not always easy here in Canada getting to talk to Irish footballers. So uh, I, I do appreciate it. So normally when I start the show, I kind of ask people just a few like regular kind of questions just to kind of get get you into it a little bit. So what's the first the first pair of boots that you remember owning? Vaguely, probably just a pair of like cheap, like Adidas, probably <laughs> like the, the, like knockdown brand of predators or something like that. No back, like, um, but that probably I think it was a definitely a pair of Adidas boots. I couldn't tell you exactly if it was predators or not. Like, but uh, we cheap pair of Adidas boots. Like, nice, nice. Uh, what's your first uh, football memory? In what context? Like, like from when you were a kid. Like you know, like we just gonna have that. Like oh, I remember when I was a kid, I scored this goal. Or like, what was the kind of the first kind of football memory you, you have from starting out? Um, I would say probably just like playing for my local club, Tabahaw Celtic. Uh, just at the time we were living at the other side of the city, so just kind of like uh, traveling over my father twice a week, uh, just to go to trainings um, at, the, at the school at the time there and stuff, and just having an absolute buzz on like a Tuesday and Thursday, getting ready to go to train and like crappy patch freezing cold. <laughs> freaking six o'clock in the evening like do you know what I mean yeah uh, this memory all fairness like uh yeah like I, I used to say like, when I was a kid growing up like uh the the standard of the pitches wasn't the greatest man it was like there was, there was never a flat pitch it was always like divots and shit I don't know how none of us have like like wonky ankles from like uh, ripping our ankle uh, like rolling our ankles all the time um what's the uh what's the first car you remember uh that you've had that you owned First car, um, probably the, well, the car I have now more more than anything because I moved out here just before I started driving, like in twenty fourteen, and then uh, I was also out here for four years, and and also was on like a student visa, so I couldn't I couldn't drive or anything, like, um, and then when I moved back home, then uh, I just done, I was playing for my local club, like, so I didn't really have to drive, and it was really something I was like. I was kind of used to using public transport and walking because like there is not like the biggest place in the world, you know. So um the car have me. Uh, nice. ironically, like I <laughs> <laughs> so did you get mobbed on the bus or anything like that because you played for dairy like when you were going to the train and stuff like that? Uh no, not really. No. I mean people people know you and stuff, people know you from the town and you see someone you know or whatever, you just you chat to them or sit beside them and have a conversation, whatever, and stuff like that. But no, there's, there wasn't a lot of people queuing up for photographs. Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And then uh, your your favorite place to go on holiday? Favorite place to go on holiday? Um, I've been a few places also growing up. Like, it's natural that you can in the summers just go to Europe and stuff. Like, favorite place I've been probably. Magaluf, Santa Ponza. <laughs> Uh, Santa Ponza family and I had some I had some holidays with my family I come from a big family like so Santa Ponza is always a good place um, 
I want it like favorite holiday go on. I would love to go to like the Maldives or like Dubai somewhere like that. Just I yeah, just holiday. Like. Yeah, I see. I see. I see like uh, Colin McGregor's out in Dubai right now, and it just looks. The man's loving on a million dollar yacht. Like, do you know what I mean? It's just. It's incredible, right? It is a little bit different then from like going to uh, like a cafe in in Magaluf where everybody's like hung over to bits at like ten o'clock in the morning to what he's doing, living on a million dollar yacht. Uh, So, Uh, (laughs) what's your favorite sport apart from football? Favorite sport? Um, I enjoy watching about a Gaelic when I'm back home. I'll say like I played both kind of growing up and stuff. And I actually started playing Gaelic before football. Uh, but when I'm back home, I guess I'll have a bunch of friends that play for like our local club, Pierce's and that. And so if I get a chance, I would love to go around and watch Edmonds play and stuff. And I'll say, you always keep your fingers crossed and maybe a wee scruffle that breaks out here. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the best part of it. Uh, <laughs> uh, you don't go there and watch a lot of quality. <laughs> You're on the sideline just passing comments to people to try and get them going. Uh, uh, so, obviously, you've, you've moved to El Paso. So, um, how are you settling in into the, the city? And has Richie Ryan been, like, helping you settle in because he's a fellow Irishman? I 100%. Um, I love the I loved it from day one when I got down here and stuff. Everyone's been uh, top-notch. Uh, everyone in the club's brilliant. They definitely, like, if you need anything, you reach out to them. And uh, they're always there. They 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 lend a hand, and then like you said, Richie. Uh, Richie's been quality from day even before I signed as well too. Talking to him and things, and he's always kind of kept an eye on me. Uh, just since I came out here as well, you know what I mean. And then even when I went back home to play as well too, we would we would chat occasionally and things. And um, always been bright and high. And obviously, it's nice to have an Irish lad that kind of you know doesn't come from the same area like you know but just kind of knows how things are run back home and and this and the other and obviously he's been in the game a very long time as well too so he's always he's always a good person to go pick his brain about uh certain things like yeah um he's definitely like uh like i've talked to him quite a few times and uh, he's a wealth of knowledge and he's a hell of a player as well. So I just noticed that you did like an intro video where they brought you into like to the locker room and, and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know if you saw it, like they've put like subtitles on it. And mm. you, you did a video for Tucson as well where they put subtitles on the bottom. <laughs> so so are, are people generally finding you hard to uh, to understand with your thick dairy accent? <laughs> I, for them, definitely, like they would say, one of the hardest people on the team they understand. <laughs> Both teams, like, um, especially once I get going as well, too. Do you know what I mean? Um, whenever, like, we're in trainings and stuff and maybe things get a bit heated or you're trying to um, pass conversation in, like, like, in an aggressive manner or, like, a heightened, a heightened manner and stuff, like, it's it, it, it comes across very broken English for some people, like, you know, and when, when I was doing those videos as well. Like they were, they were asking me, like, oh, do you mind if we do subtitles? I was like, I, I, I can understand why. <laughs> Especially El Paso as well, too. Like, I had a mask on. Do you know what I mean? Because I yeah. had it. You know what they wear a mask in the stadium now, like, but at the time, you did and stuff, you know what I mean? So uh, that makes it a campaign charter as well. So I'm trying to, even at the time when I had the mask on, I'm trying to speak you know, in, a slower, in a slower manner. and I kind of get my words across and stuff and all, but you can just kind of tell what a thick mask it comes across. And even some of the subtitles, I said one or two things. That wasn't the same. <laughs> words, 
that they changed and I'm like, they add, but I'm sure uh, back home probably the only ones can understand it. <laughs> I, I, I picked up on that too and I, was, I just thought it was, it was kind of funny about it. Like when I saw you walking into the, 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 the locker room there, like it looks like an incredible facility down there. Um, like, were you surprised at like the the standards of like uh, the USL League One and even the like on the USL Championship the the, the standards of the facilities like even compared to like what the Premier Division teams have back home in Ireland like it's it's miles above here. I hundred percent. Um, I know El Paso is always quality like and it's and they're only uh, getting better as well too. They're constantly trying to improve and constantly trying to add. Uh, different parts of the training ground and stuff and then obviously the stadium we share with a with a baseball team like you know so um we have like like that that change room is just our change room and the baseball have their own change room as well too wow. you know what i mean like so that's that's just ours like you know like, when you go on like, the coaches obviously you can see in the video and then it goes on around at a corner as well too. there's like a big treatment room and then the showers and the toilets and stuff like so i was like like i said in the video i was pleasantly surprised like you know i in my head, I was like, right, we're changing, we're sharing with a baseball, you know, a baseball team. I would imagine you kind of uh, swap out their gear, say on a say on a Saturday and prep us just say with the game on a Sunday. Do you know what I mean? So I thought it would kind of be a bit bare, but I was I was surprised then when they said, "No, this is just our one," you know. So I was like, "Oh, like that's that's quality," like, you know. And then obviously the stadium in general as well. It's a really nice facility and things, like, you know. And then even at Tucson as well too, when I was like third league one, like but uh, that King Sports Complex is top of the range. Like every every year, MLS preseason is there. Like do you mean all nearly 50, 60 percent that MLS teams come there for preseason? And then the likes of us, we like we went there twice this year as well too for preseason games and stuff. Like you know, it's just we were training. Well, we had five different training pitches, so like two weeks. We would train on a football pitch and pair that, not like pair it up bad, but like also you're training on it every day. And then two weeks later, you're going to a brand new cut pitch, like a carpet, and then they they treat the other pitch. Do you know what I mean? So you're constantly just moving from one quality wow. pitch to the So the standard's really high and the stadium doesn't get touched then until until games, like, you know. So um, they have a great setup there for League One, especially. Like, I mean, there's uh, one or two teams in League One, and even the championship that maybe like not the greatest facilities like still good but not probably like the par that that i've been at the last two years like you know so uh, i know that you've been kind of you've had some niggly injuries since you arrived how is how is that like are they, are they clear enough for you now like are you starting to get back to to, to full health i like i'll be back in training like, probably the last two and a half three weeks um full training and things um i just kind of had about a unfortunate look at the, at the start of preseason like uh I rolled my ankle pretty bad the first the first the first week click, and and then I think I was probably just pushing it about too like too soon to get back, and then unfortunately and I kind of had a two hour time, you know, just little tweaks and stuff which put me back just further, like you know. So I never had, in a sense, I never had a preseason at all, you know, and I'm basically just kind of playing catch up now. Like the lads are what two and a half three months ahead of me in fitness and sharpness, so. For me at the moment, it's just it's just getting as physically sharp and mentally sharp as I can, and just getting the months on and training, and really just pushing myself. They 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 uh get back up to the level with the lads, and I know like the first two games I haven't been involved, and rightly so. Like you know, it's especially there's high competition in the team anyway, but 
I'm nowhere near to go on there and play 90 minutes. You know, I could probably push 20, 45 minutes and stuff like, but I need to make sure I'm 100%. They, they make sure I'm ready to get back. Like. So, like, when you're watching those two games, like, we are like, chomping at the bit because, obviously, the the state I see the stadium's amazing and the, the fans are, like, up for it. Like, you know, when you're watching from the sidelines where you're, like, like I fucking want to be out there, you know what I mean? I, I 100% I was fighting it, but like you said, um, I, I'm one of those people as well, too. I, I get very frustrated watching football. Like, very frustrated, especially when I know, like, I'm supposed to be a part of it and be out there and I'm fighting with fighting with my teammates and stuff. You know what I mean? And uh, I'm a very I'm a very competitive person, like you know. So I'm, I'm definitely watching the games. So yeah, I've got a sweat from the edge of my seat, you know, and things like. And we had two uh, two pretty decent results. In fairness, uh, first game was about touch and go. I mean, New Mexico had I think one or two games before playing us. I mean, that was our first game of the season, and and then the second game against our DV two we won and. Uh, we still have money even play like we played we played some good stuff but we were we still have levels they go like and I think a lot of teams are kind of going to have to get prepared for that you know what I mean like, like uh, whenever we do you really get going like it's I think it's going to be it's going to be some scary stuff for some people like <laughs> Yeah, like I, I noticed, especially like with uh, with League One, like how the the, the games are so staggered. Like I, I think Forward Madison like didn't start their season until the beginning of May, and other teams had already played theirs. Like, so it's kind of it is going to be a bit of catch up, but I, I guess it works out good for you. And the fact of that you've only you're only going to miss two or three games rather than six or seven, so it's kind of going to work out good for you. Um, so in university and college and stuff like that, like you're back home in Derry, like how did the opportunity come up to, to go across and uh, and play your football there? I so whenever I left college and went back to Derry, um, I kind of always had like, in the back of my mind, I always knew I wanted to come back out to the States. I mean, obviously uh, the missus being from here and things like that, you know. And um, But whenever I went back home, in fairness, I was kind of fully focused and just playing the league Ireland and and then also got on with the dairy and then with the Harbs in uh, in between that, like me and the missus, uh, like we got engaged and, and got married and started the whole like you know, green card process and and things like that there. And once I got like once we started doing that and got the ball rolling, I was like, right, like I, I feel like I definitely want to like get back to America. I, I, I was saying to myself, look, if I have to play another year in the League of Ireland, we we find Harbs or someone else, then we'll do it and just get an extra year of playing and an extra year experience on my belt and then and then make the move then and push uh for it. But um at the time I was kinda I don't know with like an agent and stuff like that and uh I was kinda like in the months like looking well I was looking for like a new agent and stuff and I ended up getting contact then with my agent Daniel, Daniel Tavares and stuff and I got in contact him contact with him through I fell that runs like a combine over here when I was in college. I went to a combine and I just reached out to him and, and he kind of like put my name on there, like a few agents to keep trucks or whatever and stuff. And then Daniel, my agent, kind of like reached out to me and we had a few phone calls. And and then just, I'm sure you know yourself, just kind of like one thing led then another. And, and then we just kind of got the ball rolling in and just expressed me like, me like in my opinion, they you know, come back out to the States and things. And then he just kind of, he just kind of started making moves from there and then we just worked together and thank God everything worked out grandly. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, so, so like, you left university and you went back to, to Ireland, as you mentioned there. Like, so how cool was it to actually get to get, go and play for your hometown club, like Derry? Like, how how amazing was that? 
I was quality. I mean, it's always something that I've always wanted to do. You know what I mean? And um, to get the opportunity to do it was, uh, I'll forever be grateful for it. Do you know what I mean? Even though it didn't go as well as I wanted it to go. Do you know what I mean? And that's for for whatever reasons, you know, it, it, it didn't and stuff. And I feel that that was, it was out of my control that it didn't, you know. And, uh, but I'm still, I'm still grateful for the opportunity. I was there for the year and uh, got to play in the new, new brand they well and stuff and then see the fans on there and uh, feel the atmosphere and kind of what was an up and down and kind of turmoil season for us, like, you know. And, and uh, But no, it was great. I, I definitely enjoyed it and uh, loved they say that I got to play for Derry. Like. Yeah, it's, ama- it's amazing. Like, not many people get a chance to do it. So um, I, I talked to uh, Aaron McAniff and, like, he was so happy that he got a chance to to play in the city, like for a hometown club. Um, and then also you played for Finn Harps under like one of Ireland's like most famous managers in, in Ollie Horgan. So uh, <laughs> what, what, what's he like? Cause he does like, obviously there's this perception of him cause he's got the, the scraggly hair and he kind of looks a bit eccentric and stuff like that, but he's obviously a good, a great football man. Cause it's like, he's done like wonders up there. So, so what's he like as a manager and like what, what kind of things did you take away from your time? Like uh, working with him? I feel like I like, get a lot of, excuse me, a lot of like scrutiny like through the media and stuff and all, just kind of how he carries himself. But he's a he's a tough fella. Hey? He's he's a good manager as well too. I mean, he's been about. Do you know what I mean? And he knows the ins and outs of football in Ireland like a back his hand. Do you know what I mean the man? It's mad. The man would drive from Derry to Waterford and watch a game the next day and then drive up after the game and go teach in school the following. Do you know what I mean? He's mental, like, out there, you know? He's a mad bastard sometimes. Whenever uh, he kind of heard a trickle, and obviously that I wanted to bring me in, and it was it was on the phone to me right away and, and hunting me down and stuff. I'm on uh, Higsey as well, Paul Higgerty, like, and they were saying all the right things, hey, and they took me in, and I done, I done really well from, from the day I went up there, and I really enjoyed it. Like, it's, it's a very family-oriented club, and they, look, they really look after you, and even though like me and a few other lads that were playing there and even some that are still playing there now you're from Derry and stuff, they don't really look at it like out there. I mean, some people can kind of say, oh, the whole Donegal Derry kind of rivalry and stuff like, but but no, they, they treated you like one of their own, hey, and they really looked after you. And uh, no, the, the, the two of them were, were top class for me from, from the day I was there to the day I left and stuff. And I know there was one or two up and downs, you know, through my time there and stuff and all, but of my humble great things they say about them like it's amazing like like I like these they're doing really well this season again and he just he just manages to just bring out like uh like he never has the same sort of squad as well like Shamrock Rovers will have or Bose or or even Derry and he he just seems to have a great way of like getting the best from what he has like is he a, is he a kind of a motivational kind of guy or is he like a tactical kind of guy i would say kind of like I would say kind of like neither in a way. Like also like every manager you're gonna have a lot of tactics and how you're gonna like how you're gonna play or how you're gonna play another team and stuff and all. And he's not there giving us big speeds, like big emotional speeches before games or this that and the other. If anything, I feel like he brings out the fighting players, like he brings out that like just that kind of like dogged rawness in you as a football player, like that like wall they won and just like you no know, grit your teeth and dig your heels in and and do whatever it takes they want a football match you know what I mean and it's all it's all fine and uh, fine and good like saying 
you're going to be this big flary team and play a certain way and the likes of like Movers and Dundalk are being so successful doing that and that's and that's great when you have the players they do that and the budget they do that do you know what I mean but what what he knows what's in front of him is that like he doesn't have a crazy big budget do you know what I mean like they're I would always say like they're part-time full-time in a sense do you know what I mean you're training like three sometimes four days a week depending on like your schedule and stuff and in the game at the weekend or during the week you know what I mean so you're like one day away from basically full time do you know what I mean and stuff like but he knows what's in front of him he knows he's not a big budget and he, and he does well with what he has and he just brings that like belief out in players and that just doggedness and and it's worked and like they've been up and they've been gradually getting better and better every year and obviously you see this year they're they're fighting it's, it's crazy to say but they're fighting for European I know it's crazy football, like, it's amazing they're, often, they're not that like the, the league's really tight this year and they're only well probably like four or five points from like second and stuff like that you know what I mean and it's it's going well for them and I think that's just a, like a trickle effect of like the years of just kind of like building that like culture and obviously if they want to play exciting football in a sense you know what I mean if they bring the right players on and they can get a bit of money in and do that and stuff but they also have that other side of the game which I feel like a lot of other teams in the league rarely don't is that like they'll get in like they'll get in your fist they'll, they'll dig their heels in and they'll play like dirty football in a sense they get a three points and sometimes you have to do that as well and teams don't like playing teams like that and, and Fran Hart's definitely one of those teams that can flip it on its head and do that and I think that's why they have been uh, where they are this year and they're being successful so I, I don't I kind of hate when people do this but I'm going to do it anyway so just comparing like the League of Ireland because I, I like us being from Europe like we're we're kind of snobby when we look at leagues outside of Europe especially like the MLS and USL and all that kind of stuff because we like to think that we're the home of football and all, all that kind of shit but the standard that you played in last year in, in League One in the USL, like how did it compare uh, to what you did back home playing for Derry and for, for Finn Harps? Like uh, style-wise, like quality-wise and, and, and stuff like that? I don't, I don't know what you're saying. Um, from the League of Ireland, the, the League One, I definitely was like, like the, I would, the League of Ireland's better standard-wise, 100%. Like there's better players. Do you mean like you, like you have players that have... European caliber and, and things like that of playing European competitions and are fighting for Europa League and Champions League every year and stuff like that. You know, so you're playing against quality players that have not only played around the League of Ireland but have played in our leagues in Europe, have played in England, Scotland, you know what I mean? So you're playing you're playing top quality week in, week out, you know. And whenever I came out and played League One, that definitely was like I feel like it was not like a crazy step back, but like I was I was comfortable do you know what I mean like there was games yep. I, was, I was going on and like I, I wouldn't I wasn't coming out of games being like jeez that boy ran me into the ground or like jeez I struggled against that striker of the day and, and then, that, then that's not like me tooting my own horn or anything do you know what I mean but you call a spade a spade do you, yep. you know things like that and you can and you can tell especially when you played in different leagues and the league one I feel there's a lot more younger players on it you know like a lot of players come, like, come straight out of college I find it difficult that either they can get an MLS or find it more difficult to get in like top water, top caliber USL championship clubs, the likes of El Paso and stuff, you know, so they go to USL League One and it's a half decent standard, don't get me wrong, like there's teams we play that we're really good and moving the ball and keeping it and it's, it'd be very more tactical, I feel like, 
in comparison to the League of Ireland, I feel like League of Ireland's more like free flowing and just like quality football in a sense. I mean, just European style football. Like, you know, we're over here, I feel like it was a little bit more tactical and kind of like stop and start and things like that, you know. So uh, I would definitely like compare like the League of Ireland was, it was uh, a lot higher of a level. Like. So, like, uh, being around the players that you're with now, like, can you see that step up yourself at El Paso that? these guys are that next step away from the USL League One. Like do, do, like you mentioned there about being comfortable. Do you feel less comfortable, I guess, uh, playing against uh, the guys here? Uh, definitely. I mean, like going on the train every day, you're playing with quality players and players from around the world. I mean, like we have player that's, players that's played in the Liga MX, you know, players that's played in Argentina, Brazil, China, Spain, different parts of Europe. Do you know what I mean? Like we have a, we have a good mix of players. And like top quality international players, you know what I mean? And like you're going on the train every day and like it's it's tough and like but it's not like I'm going on there and really saying, geez, I like I don't belong here. It's like I'm going on here and being like, right, I feel I feel good now where I'm at. You I mean I feel like I'm at the I'm at like a standard of football where like I'm improving every day and working on my craft and like playing with the players of the same kind of like quality quality as you or like a little bit more and it's just more motivation for for me to get better as a player do you mean because i mean every player has aspirations they continue to grow and they continue to get as high as they possibly can do you mean and, and i'm and i'm no different like and i feel like i still have a lot more to learn and a lot more to give like and i feel like being here now is is the perfect place for me to do that like yeah it's um like I, i've watched quite a good few games like in the usl championship and the standard looks like you know it's not that far behind the mls to be perfectly honest like i mean it's it's a really good stepping stone and i think that if anybody like your goalkeeper got picked up uh, and went to the timbers right so you know it's it is that logical next step for you to get into the mls because i right i figure that's where you, you want to end up is that like your your goal is to is to play in the mls i 100 uh, i mean i think i've like i've played like during my career, I've always played at the, like, the highest level that I was at. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, um, youth level, I played at the highest level. And then when I started going on the like, men's football, I played at the highest level. College, played at the highest level. Went back home, played at the highest level in Ireland. And then here now, I feel like that's just a natural stepping stone for me personally as a goal. Is that like, right, MLS is the highest level here in the country. I want to get there. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Uh, first and foremost, I have to prove myself now at this level as well, you know. And, and get myself ready and, and grow as a person, grow as a player here and kind of like do the business here. And then obviously football's a fast paced world as well. You know, thing like you said, our goalkeeper Logan, like he got called on a, on a short term loan day at Humbers and he's been, he's been doing amazing um, since they got, so it, it, it flops on its head really fast and like one manager here, one manager there, you know, so for me, first and foremost, I'm just kind of like focusing on where I'm at now and, and trying my best to do the business where I'm at here, and then I'll say everything else will take care of itself. Like, yeah, the the, the general manager of uh, the Colorado Rapids is from Mead, so maybe like send them your uh, CV or something. Don't <laughs> <laughs> put a few words on there. <laughs> so, so you mentioned like that you you, you played at, at the college level in the states. Like, so did you get a scholarship? like to to go to the states and like if you did like how did that kind of come about for yourself 
Uh, so I uh, so I came out now and said I got a full a full soccer scholarship. Um, I mean last year at school, I me mean, last year at A levels, I was kind of like flirting with that idea, and I had a boy from back home. He actually lives in Canada now. He lives in Vancouver. Um, and the devil his name was. Um, he he came out to college here for two years in California. And at the time he was back home and stuff, and I was chatting to him when we were playing at the we were playing at institutes at the time and things like that. And I was talking to him about it and they sat in the other and he was talking to his school and, and other schools that friends they had here and whatever. So kind of just like flirting with the idea. And then it was weird. I was just we were going on the train one night and I was just walking out under the stadium. And uh, Paul Key was a manager at the time at Institute, and he just kind of came up and put his, put his arm on his shoulder and was all here in question for you. He's like, I gone ahead. And he was all, Would you ever, would you ever be interested in going to like, no, play football in America and no scholarship and do school or whatever? I was like, Fuck, funny you say that. And I was like, Me and Andy were just kind of uh, discussing, discussing that opportunity and stuff and all. And he was all, Look, well, there's a fella coming from America. Um, I think it was like a D2 school. and in North or South Carolina, it was like Marshall or some, Mars Hall or something like that. He's always coming up to Sturban. Uh, for a game, I'm, I'm bringing up a bunch of players. They play the school in Sturban. And uh, he's like, do you want to play? I was like, yeah, 100% in the bar. So had I, had I convinced my parents that I had to uh, take a day off school. They go off. They go, <laughs> you know, to go to school at grade levels. I'm like, oh, it's one day. It won't kill me. Like, do you know what I mean? So ended up going up there and, and uh the fellow was overlooking at a at like attacking players, and um, I went up there and had a storm of a game, and we, our, our team was just a mixture of a few like, players put together. We ended up beating the school team, like, and I just had a storm of a game. So after the game, I was in the change room, and they called me outside, and the fellow, the American fellow, was talking to me, saying, "Here, look, like I, I loved watching you. I think you would do really well for us, and, uh, but I don't have the money for you right now. I only have the scholarship money for an attacking player." Would you mind taking like kind of like a gap year, and I'll we'll get we'll get everything sorted early, and I'll bring you out then the following year. And I was like, well, like no, I appreciate it, thank you. But I was like, well, like I don't want to take a gap year because I feel like if I do, I'll kind of like lose interest and stuff, or like I may get an opportunity to sign you no know, professionally, and then the whole scholarship thing ends out out the window. And uh, if I want to do it, I want to do it now. So then he's all look, at, that's that's fair. Let me. That match was recorded. He was all, oh, let, let me send your video and information to a bunch of a colleagues that I know in America. And uh, we'll go from there. And then, sure enough, then, like a week later, um, Hugh Bell, who's the, was the assistant manager at Yalapai, the school I went to in Arizona Junior College. He's originally from Belfast. Um, he got on to me, hey, and we are talking. And then I was researching the school and he sent me out a bunch of stuff and he talked to my parents. And he just pestered me, like, literally, like, calling <laughs> a week just constantly just like asking for updates and how I'm doing and how his life and and just really, really wanted me like and and then the opportunity came in and I'll say it just kinda like it was a no brainer then and then I'll say went out then the Yavapai. Uh it was a junior college in Arizona for two years in Prescott. Um did really well as captain for the two years and won every like accolade you can win in the league personally and collectively as the club. And stuff like that, and then obviously then moved on. Then they uh, division one, then Ohio State for two years, and then one thing that then are then obviously I came back home and went to the garden. So how did the switch uh, happen to the Buckeyes? Did they come in and ask you to switch switch universities? 
I so like a junior college is only like a two-year university. So you only go there for your freshman and sophomore year. And then after that, then is when you like you transfer then they like say if you're good enough, they go like top tier D1 or like D2 or things like that. They continue your education and then and then you go on to those schools as a as a junior and a senior. So I would say that the top three they would say that the top three like conferences, division one would be like Big Ten, which is what Ohio State was on, and then the ACC and then the Pac twelve. Do you know what I mean? And stuff like and then I would say it was kind of like a no-brainer and they go playing like one of the biggest conferences in America. Like and so they came on, gave me a I was on like the highest scholarship and the team full scholarship and stuff and uh everything paid for a school that probably cost like 50 grand a year. Stuff like so it just made sense at the time and we we kind of fell short the the two years and stuff of the players we had and just that kind of like the, the coaching there wasn't it wasn't as what I thought it was going to be. Do you know what I mean? And things, it was very at the ball on the channel and chase it kind of. I, I thought that was going there. They kind of like, they continue, they, they won things and they kind of get better and stuff. And in a sense, I feel like kind of went there and I just kind of like staggered in it. Do you know what I mean? And stuff like, but not to say that I enjoy the school and, and things I like got and things, you know, and obviously it's a big school, but um, whenever I went back home and stuff, I just, made the leap in and they're professional and never look back. So did you uh, get like a, like a college, did you actually got a degree out of it? Like what, what degree did you get? So I never, I never finished my degree. I still have like three classes left. They do. And I can still do it, but it's because the way the system works over there is that like, um, so I'll say the, so it's always like two semesters, a fall, like a fall and a spring and soccer falls and, falls on the fall semester like you know what I mean so whenever you're done you're finishing around like November-ish and then if you're I would have like another well like four and a half five months left of my degree which would be from January to like May you know what I mean yeah. but obviously I like the League of Ireland starts then in the start of February you know what I mean and that's the same as it's the same as here in America like the MLS and other clubs as well too they play through the summer here so like a lot of a lot of people, unless you kind of like redshirt your first year or take extra classes through the years, a lot of players here in America that that come from college don't have their degrees. Like a lot of people pursue that, but they don't. Like a lot of players that are playing the MLS or the USL, like they don't finish their degrees until years down the line. And and when I went back home, I continued taking classes online at Ohio State. That like was all paid for. It's all a part of my scholarship. It was for like a degree completion. Once you professionalize in your sport, you qualify for it. So I was taking all online classes, but I have three, I have three classes I still need to take in person that are just like elective classes. So um, once this whole hopefully Corona thing comes down, this and they are like my second year here, I'm gonna probably try and look on the going to like the local university here, UTEP, and trying to get those credits and then just graduate. Do you know what I mean? It's amazing, man. It's definitely worth doing, and it's you know it's always good because you see yourself like how short a career can be and to have something to, to fall back on is, is always a good idea. So I, I saw on your, your Instagram that you were kind of promoting a, a service that kind of helps kids from Ireland or wherever to, to come to America. Like, so can you just tell us a little bit about that, what they do and uh, how you, be, how you got involved with them? I, so they reached out to me and uh, also just because of my story and kind of like the way I went about it and stuff. And there's also like different ways they go 
out here in America, I went to junior college, right? And then they have maybe D1, or you can go like uh, D2 or D3, or you can go NAIA or just straight to D1 or whatever and stuff. So uh, they reached out to me on Instagram and kind of like, you know, just explained kind of like what they do and and how they're, they're a, a company to help players, you know, get to America and, and kind of like help them kind of like take their football career to the next level while also doing education and and ultimately like kind of help better their lives and stuff like that. And uh, they're very successful, like, I mean, since I've been involved with them and stuff, like there's people reaching out to me flat out and uh, I'm constantly kind of like in uh, communication with Emmons and stuff and talking to them and saying, oh, here, look, this young fella reached out to me and stuff and all, and I would kind of like pass on the information and then they would get in touch with them and, Obviously, like, uh, follow like, the links in their bio and stuff and all that, and they kind of get involved and sign up with a company, and and then they kind of basically take it from there. Then they help the help the lads and try to get out to America, or girls as well, too, if uh, they'd be interested. Like. So is there, is there any way you can help a, a 42-year-old fat man from Dublin <laughs> get a scholarship? <laughs> yeah, uh, get, get on the gym and get your yourself, get yourself a <laughs> Thanks, thanks, man. I appreciate it. You're in training with us in the heat, and you're fucking getting shaped in about two weeks. So, um, I kind of like the the lame-o kind of journalist question I have to ask you, but like, so what's what's your goals for yourself for the season ahead? Like, where what what's like? Do you, are you one of those people at the start of the season? I want to do this. I want to do that. Um, and like, what kind of goals have you set for yourself? Um, I'm definitely not one of those people that like you know go and write down like right this is my aspirations for the year. I feel like I do have aspirations also being a new lad coming on the team that I've been even though this is only like our third season like third full season as a new team, they've been so successful the first two years making that they both find like both Western Conference finals and of course they got beaten both like, you know, so um for me as like a whole, I wanna we we want to go the whole way and I want to go the whole way. I want silverware. I want to my first like proper silverware as a professional football player. I want it in youth level and, and college and stuff and all. I want to obviously want it now as a professional and then individually I just kind of like want to play as much as I can. Do you mean that I definitely had that like hope of making a big impression and a big statement at, at the start of preseason and coming on and stuff and obviously that kind of like took a took a turn for the worst whenever I got, got hurt and and couldn't get myself back in time uh, during preseason and like so. So now it's kind of like altered. Like I still want to play as much as I can, but kind of like first and foremost, maybe probably most recent goal would be just kind of get myself as fit as possible and start getting minutes and kind of ball from there. You know what I mean? Yep. Like now ball myself up, and after that, right, I gotta start pushing here. I start pushing for for a first team starting eleven, and once I get that, then. Just continue to grow and they continue to keep that keep that jersey on my back like and I'm not letting anyone take it off me like what what type, how would you describe yourself as a player because obviously the people in El Paso probably haven't seen you play yet so would you say you're a kind of like a like a hard John Terry type of guy or are you like a kind of Rio Ferdinand like kind of like bring the ball out and spread the ball around what type of uh what, what type of defender would you describe yourself as Probably had the nail on the head there, like a Rio Ferdinand type of footballer. Like, like that's that's one probably the main centre back I've always kind of looked up to. Obviously, being a mind and a fan as well too helps. But 
I've always kind of admired how he is as a football player, like, you know, and uh, definitely a ball playing centre back. Um, being left footed as well, too. Like, there's not many left footed centre backs. It definitely helps me. Like, and, um, I love just kind of like getting the ball and like taking it from the back and just kind of like breaking lines. And then uh, I love a good, I love a good diag. You know, <laughs> I love a good 70, 60 yard diag. They feet there in this space and stuff like that. And just kind of like getting, getting players turned and on their heels. And, but also, like, you know yourself like coming from Ireland and coming from the, even like the league Ireland and stuff and all especially like Van Hurst you kind of learn to develop and you kind of have it in your locker as well too as they have that kind of dirty side of the game and get stuck in and and kind of play both sides of the ball in a sense you know what I mean you, you know when it's time to kind of like grit your teeth and be like right we know we're not going to have much of the ball here like but you're not getting past me like just won your one-on-one battles and your headers and your tackles and, and make sure that kind of like you do that side of the game well as keeping the ball and I feel like that's kind of like a good step as them to kind of like being the best as you can be as like an all-around centre-back and that's what I kind of like aspire to do do you know what I mean I know I have the the technical ability on my side and I know I have the kind of hard gritty dirty side on my side as well too it's just all about now you kind of like nurturing that and, and developing and I feel like being here as well too yeah I'm, I'm learning more things every day even during preseason as well too when I wasn't playing as much too like just constantly watching and, and learning things from the type like who are centre backs now here Yuma the sorry captain from Spain and then Mishak back centre back from Haiti and stuff and just kind of seeing how they are and how they complement each other and, and all our centre backs on the team as well too and like I'll be, I'll be the youngest the youngest of the I guess the four of us of centre backs we have a, we, we have two other ones I guess we be like Boehner and Foxy but they're also like fullbacks they're like natural fullbacks but they can also play centre back as well too you know so uh, even though youngest all have like a lot of experience in my side and, and just picking, picking their brains from those those older fellas as well too you know and, and uh, constantly learning and, and developing the game but I would say the, first and foremost I would say like the old eye bringing the ball like real Ferdinand style type of Type of, I guess modern modern centre back in a way, you know. Yeah, I I, I can't wait to see, to see it play uh, for them. It's great for for us here in Canada. We can see all the games on uh, YouTube, so it's kind of nice. And just <laughs> the fans are going to get a chance to see uh, to see a really good player who uh, who gives it us all. And you do have a bit of competition, so it's definitely going to bring you on. Like Yuma is like a legend down there, so uh, it's going to be hard to get him out of sight, man. <laughs> uh, it's a uh... It's not easy sometimes when the the I guess you'd say club legend, your man, he's also the captain that's playing on your on your position, like do you know what I mean? So it's definitely gonna be a an uphill battle in a sense, you know, but I mean that's just a part of the game as well too. But the good thing about Yuma is that like he is naturally a, like a number six, like Richie and stuff and all, and having Richie are like the two the two oldest in the team as well too. So I mean they're not gonna be playing they would they probably want they like do you know what I mean their minds probably already play 90 minutes a week in a week out and you know, only have two or three games a week and stuff like but when you're 35 36 and Richie with the first person in minute as well too is that like his body his body won't be able to hold up to that you know so uh it's just all about kind of obviously learning from him and, and being able to like do a good job as well too is that god forbid if injuries ever happen or you know like 
if they get you known when they get rested or whatever and an opportunity comes on is that like I go on there and do just a good job or an even better job so yeah so I, I guess I'll send a copy of this to Yuma and to Richie and uh, put in that bit where you said that they're over the hill and past it <laughs> that'll definitely go down well in the dressing room man <laughs> you'll be you'll be getting You'll be getting ready in the baseball part on your own. <laughs> yeah, I say good morning, old man. They read tea every day. He knows I crack. He knows what he knows about there. I need to, uh, I need to learn how to say it now in Spanish for you, man. So that's the thing. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks so much for taking the time out, Noel, to, to have a chat. It's been a lot of fun, and uh, I can't wait to see you out there, buddy. Thanks, Emil. Uh, 100%. I really enjoyed doing it. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to the Down the Pub podcast, recorded in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.